Hey, welcome to the Holiday Podcast and the Make Life Epic Podcast. So it's been a really long time since I've recorded something. Uh, my apologies for that. I don't know. I'm just I was slacking big time, and I had a bunch of other stuff come up, which really isn't an excuse at all. And as I'm saying it out loud, it just sounds super, super lame. So uh, my apologies. I'm gonna get way back on the horse. Um, I missed you guys terribly. I love doing the podcast. So. Uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. So we're back at it. So anyway, so it's the holidays, right? So it is a few days before Christmas. So there may even be a chance you won't even hear this before Christmas, but I want to talk a little bit about the holidays and just kind of do a free ranging stream of consciousness podcast. I've had a couple of really cool things happen to me recently. I wanted to share them and uh, talk about some other stuff. So I'm going to get right into it. I hope you guys are having a good holiday season. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, um, hopefully you're not waiting too, too long in a too long line for a coffee or to check out at uh, Macy's or Nordstrom's or Surf Shop or Home Depot, Target, Barnes & Noble. It seems like there's like five stores left in my life. There's Target where we go all the time. There's Home Depot, there's Costco, and there is Barnes & Noble. And there are the uh, one or two surf shops that I go to in town, either Hanson's or Surf Ride, usually more Hanson's than Surf Ride. Um, and that's about it. I don't know. And I go to Ace Hardware too, cause that's across the street. Um, between those places and Whole Foods, I really don't know that I go into any other retail locations ever. Um, I do seems to seem to be able to do everything else on Amazon, which is just kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I'm sure you've got five, uh, five retail stores that you go to and, and probably, uh, on a pretty regular basis. And there's probably about a thousand that you pass that you never go to. Um, I know that there's a ton in my town that I drive right by every day and uh, and never see, never go to. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, so I want to tell you first, before I get into anything else, I want to tell you about a really cool experience I had at CrossFit the other day. Um, and I think that uh, you guys can probably allude this to uh, another part of your life or an example in your life. So we're at CrossFit. And as you guys know, I do CrossFit. Um, I've been doing it for like a year and a half, almost two years. And I love it. And I love it. I, I love our coaches. I love our group. And it's just really, been really, really fun. I've gotten a lot out of it. So anyway, last Friday, we're working out and we're doing this workout that has box pistols. And what box pistols are, are imagine a big box underneath you, like a big uh, wooden box. And the idea is, is you on one knee, you bend down on one knee um, until you're, you know, until you're able to sit on the box and then you stand up. So it sounds relatively easy um, and they're incredibly difficult. Like they're really, really hard or they're really hard for me to do anyway because I've had a couple of knee surgeries and I've had back surgeries. So they're, they're just not easy for me to pull off even remotely. So I'm doing, you know, so I'm doing those, uh, I'm struggling through those and, and um, Eric was coaching, as you guys may have remembered, I, I uh, the two coaches who own the gym are, Eric and Blake, and they're great guys. You know, they're, they're the uh, very untraditional millennials in that they're mid-20s, super mature business owners, and, and just really have their shit together. Um, and maybe that's not a right way to say it. Maybe, maybe, maybe millennials are really, most of them have all their shit together. I just don't know any that really do other than these two. Anyway, so Eric is coaching, and, you know, he's not saying anything about me doing it wrong or whatever or, or not being able to do too much. And we move on to the next exercise, which is this Romanian deadlift, and, and, um, which is basically like a deadlift, so you really need really flexible hamstrings and strong hamstrings, of which I do not have. So I'm looking around the gym, and I'm working out, 
And there's like 10 other people in the class and my friend Mike and my friend Eric in there and everyone's doing it, you know, pretty easily. And, you know, they're working hard, but they're not really looking like they're struggling. And, and I really was struggling. Like I was struggling with the box pistols and I was struggling with the, with the deadlifts. And then we did single legged deadlifts. And so I was just struggling all, all the way around. And and I kind of got into that thing where you start comparing yourself to other people which is just a death knell for anybody when you start doing that, right? When you start comparing yourself to other people. And so I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh God, Sonia is killing it. You know, she's doing a great job. Erica's doing a great job. Mike is doing a great job. And I just felt like a complete loser because I was, I was barely able to do it and I was not really able to keep up. So then we get into the second part of the workout, which is called the Metcon, pe- uh, Metcon piece, which is like a, a, a fancy crossword, uh, CrossFit way to say cardio. Um, and cardio and, and, you know, heavy breathing. So we're doing that and it's just a cycle of different exercises. And again, there's about 10 people in the class and everyone else finishes way ahead of me. And so I'm at the end, everyone's done. They're all talking, sitting around doing whatever. And I'm just dying, you know, finishing up the burpees. I'm the last one to do it. And so the workout is done and we're all, you know, just kind of sitting around and I'm really feeling horrible about myself because I'm comparing myself to other people which you should never do and they all seem to breeze through the workout and I had a really challenging time and uh, as I'm getting up to walk over and get more water Eric the coach stops me and he says hey you know I was watching you on your thrusters and your the depth of your squat is really really getting better and it's really really improving and I'm sorry that's my phone ringing look at that I didn't even turn it off what kind of what kind of podcast host am I what am I just letting my phone ring. Anyway, so he says, you know, the depth of your squat is really, really getting better and it's really improving. And I was, I was kind of blown away because I was like, okay, so we just did this hour-long workout and Eric found the one thing that I was doing right, like literally the one thing in the whole class. And he was able to, you know, share that with me. And I can't tell you how much that meant to me. I mean, it really meant a ton. And I really went from feeling like a complete loser into feeling like, you know, pretty good about myself. And, and, you know, there's a bit of a backstory behind this because when I first started CrossFit a couple of years ago, I was not able to squat at all, being completely inflexible. And, and now I can squat pretty low. I can go below parallel, which um, in CrossFit is, is kind of a big deal. So, you know, when he said that, one of the things that struck me about that is how quickly all of my negative self-talk just evaporated. You know, I spent an hour, this negative self-talk, just criticizing myself and comparing myself to everyone else in the class and everything else. And, and in, in, in literally, in a minute, Eric was able to squash all that just by giving me a compliment. I also thought, the other thing it made me think of is like, from Eric's perspective, right? So he sees everyone in class and it's his job to watch everyone in class, make sure we're all doing everything right. He obviously saw, you know, he probably saw me struggling on all the other moment, uh, other, other movements. But he was smart enough, whether consciously or unconsciously, to point out the one thing that I was doing well and give me a compliment on it. And to me, that's really, that's just great coaching and that's just great leadership. That's just, that's someone who's able to look at something and say, okay, what is the one good thing that that person over there is doing? And how can I express that to them? And I thought it was just an amazing experience. It was just an amazing experience in my life. And it really taught me, you know, like 
how to look at other people and say, let me find the one good thing that that person's doing. And I have times where I'm in meetings, and I'm sure you do too, where you're in meetings and someone's just driving you nuts. They're just going on and on and on and on. And you're like, buddy, geez, get to the point. Like, are we ever going to get to the point on this? I think it, I think our worlds would change a little bit if we looked at it and said, okay, what is the one good thing that this person is bringing to this meeting right now? Like, what is the one good thing? And instead of harping on all the bad stuff they're doing, harp on the, on, on the one thing that they're doing right. So I want to thank Eric for that. I mean, I don't know if he's even listening, but I want to thank him for that because it really changed my perspective um, on that class. And although that class was a horrible experience and I just felt horrible about everything, it really ended up being worth it at the end of the day because of that, because of that, um, because of what he said to me. And it made me really re-examine how I look at myself and re-examine how I look at myself when I'm in that environment. And one thing I noticed was, is, you know, couple things I learned from that experience is that, you know, we're, we're all usually way harder on ourselves than other people are. We all sort of demand perfection from ourselves when we very easily let other people, uh, get away with not being perfect or, you know, get away with not being perfect and not really holding them to that. And so that, I guess that's my question to, you know, to myself and to everyone else is like, well, if we're going to, if we're not going to hold everyone else to perfection, why are we holding ourselves to perfection? That was one, one of the things I learned. One of the other things I learned in that experience was that, you know, giving ourselves a little perspective in where we are and what we're doing. So I spent that whole class thinking about how I was doing everything wrong. Everything, literally everything for an hour, an hour long class, 59 minutes. I spent the entire time thinking how I was doing everything wrong. And I really hadn't, didn't have any perspective. I didn't, I didn't even consider that I was possibly doing anything right or that I had anything that was positively happening during that workout. And Eric, you know, who's an insane coach and he's just a great coach and, and uh, extremely knowledgeable, was able to find that, you know, that one good thing that I was doing. So I think it's important that we do that. We look at our lives in, in, in any situation that you're in and like, let, let's consider the fact that, you know, maybe we're doing better than we think we're doing. Maybe, you know, we don't have to be perfect and we can just be, we can focus on the things that we're doing successfully and that we're doing right. So it, it just was a great lesson for me. CrossFit over the last two years has been a great lesson in all the different friends I've made and, and uh, different people that I, that I uh, uh, get to learn from. Another quick story. There's a guy who works out in CrossFit. Um, he's a professor. His name is Tom. And, and I love the guy. And, and um, I don't, you know, ever see him except in the gym. You know, I'd love to, but I don't, you know, I just don't, I generally know him from the gym. But anyway, he's a guy who, who's in there. He's very humble. He's, he's got a really cool wife. He's very humble and he just crushes every workout. And he's a very unassuming guy. Like this guy is not a guy who walks around in ripped t-shirts and ripped tank tops really loud or anything else. He just goes in there. He was a rower in college. And um, I just find that when I'm in, you know, when I'm in CrossFit, and I see Tom, I tend to have pretty uh, interesting conversations with him. And it struck me the other day after leaving class when I had, I had seen him, I hadn't seen him in a while. It struck me the other day in class, I was like, wow, it's interesting that you know, I have these really interesting conversations with Tom, who I don't really know very well, and I only see a CrossFit, when in other areas of my life, certain people that I work with or whatever, you would think I would have incredibly interesting conversations with because I spend so much time with them <laughs> and I really don't. <laughs> so it's just kind of an interesting thing, you know, and I, so I, I cherish those friendships from Cross, CrossFit. I cherish my, my, uh, 
uh, you know, the guys and the, and the women who go in there and I just uh, really thankful for that experience in many levels. So that's all I'm going to say about that lesson, but it just definitely is. A, it was a good lesson for me and a great experience. And, uh, and I still hate box pistols. I still can't do them, but, uh, apparently there is hope for me yet because I am my, the depth of my squat is, is good, which when I say that out loud, just sounds funny. Um, a couple other things that happened in the holidays, some couple things I wanted to mention and throw out there for you is, um, I bought a new notebook the other day. And I know that doesn't sound like a really monumentous thing, but I have this notebook. It's a uni notebook. It's U-N-N-I. It's 8 by 11 notebook. And I am a fiend. I have a total fetish for good notebooks. Um, I go through a lot of notebooks. Uh, I think that there's something to be said when you um, have a notebook that you're writing in. I use mine for a variety of reasons. I use mine to journal. I use mine to write my goals. I write my business ideas in there. I have a ton of mind maps that I do in there, which is kind of like the squiggly flow charts. I just think it's cool to have a good notebook. So uh, I'm going to post a couple pictures of it on, um, uh, on, the, on the blog so you can get an idea of, of what I'm talking about. But I would say there's just something beautiful and simple about a great notebook and a really, really good pen. And it took me a long time, but I finally, I really dig this specific notebook. I've been doing journaling in there. Um, I try to do it every morning. And, and my level of journaling is, you know, when usually when someone says that they write in their journal or, or they journal, I always think of someone who sits at a desk in a very prim and proper way with a great pen and they write really flowery, uh, flower, uh, flowerful speeches and just flowery thoughts and that sort of thing. For some reason, the term flowery just comes to mind when I think of journaling. And honestly, mine has a lot of swear words in it. Uh, it's not flowery at all. There's a lot of swear words. There's a lot of exclamation points. There's a lot of like uh, just stream of consciousness stuff. But I find that it's really helpful for me. It helps me to just kind of get my thoughts on paper uh, so I'm not holding anything in and not, you know, nothing else is, or nothing is bottled in. So I really enjoy it. I think a be- there's a certain beauty in a cool notebook and a good pen. So if you want to get one, um, I'll put a link to the one I got so you can check it out and you will see exactly um, the kind of notebook I use. I'm also reading a couple of good books that I want to talk about. I, I just got Tim Ferriss's new book. It's called Tools of Titans. It is a monster. This book is like, I don't know, 500 pages or something like that. And basically what it is, is it's his uh, distillation of all the interviews that he's done over the last five or six years from uh, different business leaders and different health practitioners and different um, thought leaders in different areas. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. What I, what I, what I, I have a new, uh, like a newfound respect for people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Scott, uh, Scott Adams, the guy who does the Dilbert cartoons, just interesting, very interesting outlooks on life and how they became successful and why they were successful and sort of their habits and what they do. I'm a big fan of studying successful people um, and or crazy people's habits. One of my other favorite books is called Daily Rituals, which I'll put in the in the links as well. And Daily Rituals is great. It talks about how, you know, famous, all these different famous artists and writers and how they started their day and what they did and um, you know, like Tom Wolf used to write standing, you know, he was very tall. So he used to write standing up naked on top of his refrigerator. So he would literally do that. Um, I can't remember the artist, but there was a French artist who could only paint after he had done a ton of barbiturates and, 
you know, have 15 cups of coffee and, the, you know, have really rich food and just, just a bunch of different things. A couple other artists would, you know, they could only write in bed between nine and 10 in the morning. What I really like about the Daily Rituals book and the Tim Ferriss book is that what it teaches me and what I think is important for us all to realize is that there's no right or wrong way to do something or to be a certain way. Like there's just no right way that says, okay, you know, this is what we should, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to eat three meals a day. You have to eat breakfast. You know, you have to write from this time to this time. It's just not true. Some of the most influential people in the world were just absolutely batshit crazy in terms of their approach. And I think when you read Daily Rituals or you read Tools for Titans uh, or Tools of Titans, you get that. Um, one of the great questions in Tools of Titans that I read is this one, I can't remember who it was. I think the guy was from Facebook, but he talks about, he asked the question of what would need to happen for me to hit all of my 10-year goals in the, in the next six months. And his point is, is that 10-year goals are very arbitrary because you don't know what's going to happen five years from now. You don't know what's going to happen for two years from now. So to come up with a 10-year goal is a bit arbitrary. And he's like, well, what would, if you had to hit it, if you had a gun to your head and you had to hit your goal in the next six, those goals in the next six months, how would you do it? So what I found about that book and, and reading about all these different people is that they all ask really intelligent questions of themselves. And they're all focused on finding answers to those questions. And I think that that's something that, that we can all take something from. Because I find that the more I do that, whether it's in journaling or whether I'm just kind of stream of consciousness thoughts, um, for whatever reason, my best thoughts and my best questions come when I'm in the shower or when I'm driving. So probably the two times I should not be writing anything down uh, or, or recording anything. One, because I'll get electrocuted in the shower. And two, if I'm driving on the road, you know, I'm going to drive off the road if I'm, if I'm <laughs> writing something down. But it's just interesting that these people are very focused on the questions they ask of themselves and what they're, you know, kind of the way they frame those questions and then they're able to answer them. And that's one of the reasons they become successful. The Arnold Schwarzenegger story is really was, uh, was really fascinating as well. Cause he talked a lot about how in all of his different competitions and bodybuilding, um, he never thought about competing in those competitions. He's like, I never once thought about competing. He's like, I thought about winning. I only thought about winning and he only came up with plans to win. He, so competition wasn't in his bailiwick at all. He's just like, I'm going in there to win. I'm not going in there to compete. I just thought it was kind of an interesting approach. Anyway, so that is, those are the, the couple of the books that I'm reading right now. The last thing I wanted to leave you with, and I'm sure that if you're listening to this and it's before the holidays, you're, I'm sure you're doing something, you know, you're not just sitting in a room just listening to this. Maybe you are. And if you are, that's fantastic. But a couple of holiday thoughts for you, because like right now, this time of year, everyone is just rushing around, going nuts, um, shopping, there's tons of traffic. Uh, some people are working, some people aren't working. So I have three thoughts for you during the holiday season. And the first one is, and this one's really, really tough for me, So, but it's something that I'm focused on. <clears throat> and that is to enjoy the delays. So... Right now in my town, I need to go run an errand. I need to go over to Target. And I know in a typical day, it would take me eight minutes to get there from my office, right? Not 10, always eight, never six. I know today it'll probably take me 25 minutes with traffic. 
But I think the key there is like, let's enjoy the delays. Let's plan for them. Let's assume, you know, assume everything is going to take three times as long as what you think it is. And if you get there earlier, you'll be pleasantly surprised. You know, if you, if things take longer and you're in traffic, that means maybe you can listen to, you know, you can listen to music or you can listen to a podcast or you can call someone you haven't spoken to in a long time and catch up with them while you're sitting in traffic. I know that I'll probably call Jim Egan, uh, on my way, um, on my way over to Target because I know I'm going to be in traffic forever. <clears throat> so that's one thing is to enjoy the delays. The other thing is you're going to go to a lot of parties or you're going to be invited to a lot of parties. And a lot of, a lot of parties, uh, you know, Christmas parties, I, I find Christmas parties to be pretty fun. Like I think that they're usually good times and, and you can have a lot of fun there. Um, but what I would say is like during the holidays, it's a great time to deepen the friendships that you have and deepen them at parties or or when you're, t- when you're talking to people, like it, my feeling is, is you don't need to be friends with 30 or 40 really, really good, you know, really good or have 30 or 40 really good friendships. I mean, me personally, I probably have five good friendships, um, <clears throat> where I live and, and, and <laughs> that's about it. Um, and so one of the things I'm focused on this holiday season is to really deepen those friendships. How can I deepen those friendships? How can I share more about myself? to see, uh, you know, how can I deepen those friendships and then how can I be of service or how can I be of help to my friends? And I think that that's something that's really key is like we think about being, we think about being of service a lot of times to people in the world who need it, whether it's charitable organizations or people who come by and ask us for money and donate, um, or people at work, um, or, you know, somebody who's got a kid who's, who's, doing, you know, selling Girl Scout cookies. But you think about all those times that we are asked to be of service for someone else. But one of the things that we don't really do that often is we're not really in service to our best friends that often. Very rarely, (coughs) excuse me, very rarely will your best friends ask you for help. I know I won't. I know I'm horrible at that. I know I should. But very rarely will I call any of my best friends and say, hey, man, I really need help. I really need to talk. So I think it's really cool if you're able to deepen your friendships by, by thinking about how can you be of service to your close friends. And, and I've thought about that a lot recently. Like I think of my close friends and, and what are the ways that I can make their day better? What are the ways that I can deepen our friendship? What are the ways that I can, you know, maybe help them with a problem or take them out to lunch or, you know, whatever else, you know, like as an example, the other day, um, one of my friends was helping me figure out figure something out and we went out to lunch and usually, you know, we've been going out to lunch for together for almost every week, maybe every other week for the last five, six years. And, uh, and I bought him lunch and it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like this huge extravagant meal or whatever, but I know that he was really, you know, stoked about that and he was pretty happy about that. And he's done it for me too. We usually, you know, usually just split it or whatever, but he's done it for me as well. And it just is one of those things where it's like, it's such a small thing. You know, I mean, it cost me an extra, I don't know, $12 in fish tacos to do it. Um, but I could tell it was meaningful for him. And I could tell he liked it. And I was really stoked to do it. So it's just something to keep in mind this holiday season. I'm not going to really give you much more advice than that. It's like, I think that, you know, if you can enjoy the delays and assume everything's going to take three times as long. And then also do whatever you can to deepen the friendships, the ones that are important, the ones that matter to you in your life. I think that you really enjoy the holidays that way. And then, you know, the last thing I would say is be grateful for what you have. I know that that's tough. You know, we live in a world where there's there's always someone who's stronger or more successful or, or wealthier or has a bigger house than you. But 
just step back, and this is this is more advice for myself and, and hopefully for you as well, is the key, I think, is to step back and realize, hey, look at all the great things I have in my life and all the wonderful things that are happening in my life and really appreciate those. And Because uh, I think that that's the key, and I think that that's one thing that will help um, helps us all. So anyway, those are my three things. Enjoy the delays, deepen the friendships, and be grateful for what you have. So that's my holiday podcast. I know it was a wide range of topics, um, just sort of a stream of consciousness. I hope you guys all have a wonderful holiday. Be safe on the roads. And remember, no matter what happens, never get drunker than your boss. Is your life tip of the day. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon.